0: Hello! Welcome to Rambling Ronnie's Podcast. This is where I, Ronnie, talk about a variety of topics, including true crime, unsolved mysteries, movie reviews, and more. Please look for me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to leave any comments or information you may have on whatever I am discussing. Also, please follow me wherever you listen. This episode, I will be discussing the mysterious unsolved disappearance of Angela Hammond. I first saw an episode that covered this case on Unsolved Mysteries Season 4, Episode 16. It really stood out as such a strange and disturbing case, and to know that it remains unsolved is incredibly heartbreaking. Angela was pregnant when she was abducted, and the way she was abducted is one of those potential situations that you are warned about, yet you never think could happen to you. Angela was abducted while she was on a payphone with her boyfriend one night in 1991 and has not been seen since. I will touch briefly on Angela's life, the case, and what leads the police followed. Let's begin. Angela Hammond was born February 9, 1971, to parents Marcia and Chris Hammond. They lived in Kansas City until Angela was four, and then they moved to Clinton, Missouri to be near Marcia's parents. They then gave birth to Angela's younger brother, Lauren Hammond. After this, Chris and Marcia divorced. Each parent went their own ways, but remained amicable and worked together to be loving and supportive parents for their children. Clinton, Missouri, was where Angela became a young woman, and there met the love of her life, Rob Schaefer. Angela was 19 and Rob 18, and their relationship developed quickly. In 1991, when Angela was 20, she discovered she was pregnant. The young couple were happy with the news and became engaged with high hopes for the future. They moved in together, with Rob planning on joining the military and Angela working and going to school. On April 4th, 1991, Angela and Rob went to a family barbecue. It was a standard get-together with nothing amiss, and afterwards at 10 o'clock p.m., Angela dropped Rob off at his mother's house so he could babysit his brother until his mother got home from work. Angela and Rob had plans to meet back up later that night, and so Angela left to spend time with her friend named Kyla. They spent about an hour together and then parted ways. Angela then called Rob at 11.15 from a payphone located in a food barn parking lot, letting him know she was getting tired and wanted to go home and relax. They spoke for half an hour, and during the phone call, Angela told Rob that there was a strange man circling the block repeatedly in an older green Ford F-150 pickup truck. Just after telling Rob about this strange person, The vehicle drove up to the empty payphone booth next to the one Angela was using. The man left his truck, walked towards the empty booth, then went back to his truck and grabbed a flashlight and appeared to be looking for something. Angela asked the man if he needed to use the phone, and he said no. According to Rob, that was when he heard Angela scream. Rob then drove a vehicle that was at his mother's house to Angela's location, desperate to help her. On the way, in a dramatic moment like a scene from a movie, the truck passes Rob, and he can see a woman is struggling and screaming inside. Rob put his vehicle in reverse and made a U-turn, giving chase until the car's transmission failed. Rob walked back to town, managing to get a ride to the police station so he could report what happened and get help. Rob arrived at the station after midnight and told the police about the incident, and the police were skeptical but began to investigate anyways. They found the broken vehicle Rob had been driving in the middle of the street and Angela's car abandoned in the parking lot where she was using the payphone. Her purse was still inside her car. Angela's parents were then notified and the cops had to do their best to track their daughter. Rob was considered a prime suspect but was eliminated after he passed a polygraph, and witnesses had come forward reporting to have seen the green Ford F-150 driving in the area suspiciously at the time Angela was in the parking lot on the payphone. There was speculation of other suspects, but nothing was substantiated. The community of Clinton worked together to put up posters and conduct searches. This was all to no avail. Nearly two weeks later, the Clinton police contacted the Missouri Rural Crime Scene Squad to get assistance looking up older Ford F-150 pickup trucks. Nothing came of this search. Police considered Angela's disappearance to have a possible connection to two similar disappearances that happened earlier that year. On January 19, 1991, in Max Creek, Missouri, 42-year-old Trudy Darby was working the night shift at a local convenience store. At 10 o'clock p.m., she was getting ready to close up when she noticed three men hovering outside. She called her son and asked him to come to the store and be with her as she closed up, and he agreed to come. However, by the time her son arrived, Trudy was gone. Two days later, her body was found 15 miles away, nude, with two gunshot wounds to the head. On February 27, 1991, in Nevada, Missouri, 30-year-old Cheryl Ann Kenney was working at a convenience store, also working the evening shift, and similar to Trudy, Cheryl was closing up when the incident occurred. Cheryl had decided to send the janitor home and close up earlier than the actual closing time. By 10.17pm, she had set the store's alarm and headed to her vehicle. She has never been seen again since that night. For the cops at the time, these two cases seemed very similar to Angela's disappearance, and both were within a 100-mile radius to where Angela went missing. All the cases involved women who were alone, late in the evening, even near the same times, and in public areas. Trudy and Angela were both victims who conveyed their discomfort and concern prior to their disappearances, which made the cases even more tragic. It is frightening to imagine how they must have tried to remain calm and level-headed, yet then in an instant their lives were changed forever. In 1994, three years later, Trudy Darby's murder was solved. The real perpetrators were discovered, charged, and convicted of her murder. That left Angela and Cheryl to receive justice. However, their bodies have never been discovered, and no connection to Trudy's killers could be established. By November of 1991, seven months after Angela went missing, Unsolved Mysteries covered Angela's disappearance. There had been tips and sightings that had come in before the episode aired, and after the episode aired, even more tips came in. Sadly, all of these led to nothing. On the 30-year anniversary of her abduction, Missouri police released a statement that conveyed what they think could be the reason Angela was abducted. Here is a quote. A confidential informant played a crucial role in disrupting a significant illegal narcotics operation by testifying in a court proceeding. When the informant's identity was disclosed during the case, he received a cryptic letter composed of cut-and-paste characters in the style of a ransom letter one might see in a movie about a kidnapping. The letter addresses the informant by the number that had been assigned to him to protect his identity before the court proceeding. It also mentions the informant's estranged wife by the first name. The letter was postmarked April 4th, 1991, the exact date that Angela Hammond was abducted late that evening. The informant's wife and his daughter, also named Angela, were living in Clinton, Missouri at the time, unquote. The cops seem to have honed in on the green truck early on in the investigation, and when that led to nothing, they had nothing else to go on. I am not privy to their full investigation, but so much is fishy about this case. It is a wonder how it is coming to the forefront now, after all these years, that this informant may have been the true target. It is said that the letter that he received was marked with the date that Angela was abducted. I will have a link to my sources, including articles with descriptions of this letter in the show notes. With this information, it is frustrating and so sad to know that someone may have mistakenly abducted and killed Angela over an informant-related hit. If this hit was real, it is another layer to how messed up humans can be and how people are willing to kill anyone, even someone not directly involved in crime. So much time has passed that I can't imagine this case being solved, but I remain hopeful. 30 years have passed since Angela and her unborn child went missing and the Hammond family are still waiting to know what exactly happened that night. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow me on Twitter at Rambling R-O-N-I, Instagram and Facebook at Rambling Ronnie's Podcast, and let me know what your thoughts are on this case. If you have any extra thoughts or episode suggestions, feel free to email me at ramblingronnie'spodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and take care.